Welcome to the Light Lounge. This is Thomas. I'm a lighting designer in New York City. Welcome everyone to this week's Light Lounge. I am very excited because in this week's episode I speak with Melbourne-based artist and photographer Devika Billimoria. We speak about how she builds up trust in a set when she shoots people and what we as lighting designers actually can learn from it. How important trust in environments is that people can feel as elevated, as sexy, as natural as they can be. We speak about the moment in time and how everything is actually always in progress, never static, always changing, and how we as lighting designers can draw from it in order to build better spaces, better experiences, and therefore a better well-being for people in spaces. Enjoy this week's episode. I speak to you at the end again. Enjoy the conversation I had with Devika. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Light Lounge. Today I am very excited as always because I have the longest distance, long most long, longest distance conversation <laughs> ever happened in, the, in this show. And we hear her laughing already in the background because I speak with Devika Bellimoria and you are actually in Australia right now. Devika, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty awesome. So um, I know already a, a lot about you. We, I had the pleasure to spend some time with you. Um, what are, who are you? What do you do? Um, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, I am a Melbourne-based interdisciplinary artist and a photographer. Uh, my art practice is kind of swimming through video art, drawing, installation, sculpture, and photography. Um, I started photography in high school in the darkroom and then I moved into studying film and media at RMIT which is the Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology and when I was doing that degree I took an elective that was alternative photographic processes because I always wanted to be a photographer um, and when when was so the first when was the first moment you realized you wanted to be a photographer? Was there a moment where you thought, okay, this is uh, this is a great, I don't know, was it? Was there a mm -hmm. moment? Did you have a moment? Yeah, definitely had a moment. <laughs> I it was it was in it was in high school. So many moments. Um, it was in high school. Uh, we had I was in the art class, and our teacher gave us some cameras and just said kind of go out and take some photos and you know old school film chuck it in the the canister and shake it up agitate it and then you know get in the dark room with all the chemicals and watch the magic happen and my art teacher was just encouraging immediately he just said you have you have the eye oh really I like, I got, I got the, yeah it was really I mean, of course immediate. you do like, you do but okay wow that's amazing yeah okay. so it's it, and it always like i just it just really surprises me like what is it for somebody to have the eye like what is that what what is someone balancing out because it is this relationship between the technology as well and the yeah. frame and and how we um like the elements that we bring together to create an image you know yeah so then after media studies and after doing this elective i then uh was accepted into doing fine art photography at RMIT so then I did another degree um and in that degree I was very interested in pushing the boundaries of what a photograph is 
mm-hmm. I was in like I'm like what what is this I want to take this off the wall I I want it to I want our bodies to relate to it I want to touch it I want tactility so um a lot of that practice and what I made out of that was um yeah object-based photography so you did so you graduated from high school and like right straight from high school you went into photography Straight from high school, I went into media. So I was doing media and film and video production. So a lot of like, yeah, mm-hmm. editing. And, and during that time, I focused a lot on lighting film sets. Um, so that's how I was, was the gaffer. And yeah, so then, so then within that course, media, I did an alternative process course and I got introduced to Polaroid paper and various types of alternative processes like cyanotype and daguerreotypes and things like this. Um, And then, so I, I really locked into the Polaroid process and a part of that for me was creating images out of found objects. So instead of taking mm-hmm. a photo, I would make a photo with say a dead bug found in the carpet of my parents' house or um, like a leaf or a piece of material. So there's this question of how I was using light and how people, and we have been using light to create images. Um, so as opposed to having a camera, this was a little day lab. It's a little portable, a portable dark room for the Polaroids. So like oh, in wow, a tradition, yeah. So in a traditional dark room, you would have um, a light projecting down onto a table, for example, and just below the light, you would place your negative into a slot and the light would shine through the negative onto um, your photographic paper and it would expose and then you would put it through the various stations of development. So this little uh, day lab, it was like oh, this this thing, you put Polaroid paper down the bottom, similar thing, the light at the top shining down, but I, w- I was playing around with, um, yeah, what could I put in the slot? Like what, what can go in there? So I was looking for lots of like transparent. Okay, like, so you were not, okay, so you were not actually taking a, f- a Polaroid photograph with like a camera setup. You would you would just play around with um, actual, like basically taking light in your hand and using just the light and the paper within the setup and then uh, taking, using different mm, objects that you would find and actually create images like, like actually drawing with light on like photographic paper. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, precisely. That's exactly what it is. So I was kind of like on the hunt for different kind of translucent materials. So for example, I found a butterfly that was just kind of dead and I would um, put that into the negative slot and have the light shine through the butterfly wow. and it would expose onto the Polaroid paper. Um, and so, and then, and then I would make my own negatives with different um liquids like oils and paints and a lot of these painterly images classically like like they they just look so uh cosmic or on the other hand they look really internal and like Mm. cellular so i was very much interested in this space of um uh, opposites kind of coexisting at the same time in in perception like not not understanding or knowing the origin of of the images and what is created Mm -hmm. and from there Yeah, and then from there, I took that practice uh, and went for an audition. Uh, no, I went for an interview uh, with to, uh, to study fine art photography at the same university, which was RMIT in Melbourne. And um, what do you focus on most when 
Is it, do you actually focus on the light or do you focus on the connection between the people? I mean, of course, it's like, is it like the object itself? Of course, it's always the object in relation to the light, but what, what is the, what is the big focus? I think that all, all of this happens in space and space is made and determined by the light. And I feel like in, in these different um, types of photography, you know, you can choose to either go with the natural light or you can go with studio lighting. Um, and the natural light can just be as curated as a studio light, for example. Oh, let's go stand by the window um, or let's let's be outside. Um, and and then the studio lighting, you know, it takes it takes a lot to to get the lighting right. Like this is this is the training, like to know how to wield wield this like crazy like radiation from from like the sky then like bringing it into like an object and electricity so when you when you for example take photographs of people do you have a feeling let's let's stick to people because i think it's a great point that of course yeah, it's about okay. the space and people in space and do you take um, do you have a feel, of course, you as a photographer, you try to like sort of build a connection with a person that the person feels good and completely immersed in the moment of where the person is, that you can just like um, have a small technical intervention to capture the moment where the person is basically feeling as a feeling as strong as it can get either super happy or like anger or fear or whatever you want to like capture um is there is there a specific way that you bring people in a certain state that they feel amazing or that they feel great or that they feel comfortable like trust is like a, is like a big one right mm, this is true uh, i think that there's something like some sort of magic like that takes place between myself and another person because it's not something that i'm consciously trying to make happen of course i'm aware of making spaces comfortable but i think that i really get into uh what i am seeing and who i am seeing and how i am seeing that i feel like i enter into a space that is it's actually very technical and, and and like that's not to say that the that the emotionality or the the feeling or the aesthetic falls away i think that it is very much entangled in the technicality um so when i take a photo of a person it is about it's it's just some sort of synergy that takes place and i'm looking I'm always looking at the light, hey, like I am just looking at the light and how it's falling on people's faces. Like when I think about it, it's like, oh, can you move this way, move this way? Like what sort of shadows are being casted? Um, yeah. So maybe one part is actually sort of being, communicating to the person that's in the scene, that's in the moment, um, that you are, that you know where you need or want the person to be, that the person feels like, Like the person trusts you because you know what you need to look for. Mm, yeah, that that's a good way of putting it. Like that in, in that maybe I have some sort of uh, vision already, and in my behavior, that my, the sitter or, or the person can see and 
trust that I've got it. I got it. I got you. I think that's a that's a pretty big one. I think there's I think when I think about like making the connection between photography and actual actual spaces I think uh, there are there are a few spaces that I enter and from like being okay now because I know you and I we have been we we had I had the I had the pleasure to spend some time with you is I think it's it's you're a very pleasant person to be in your it's a very pleasant experience to be in your environment um, I'm not sure because like you create an environment or it's just your 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 energy that people just feel sort of they don't have to put up like a shield. So when I think about like places and now making again the connection where I feel the most elevated or for example, when I come to my hairdresser and I know it's like the best hairdresser in town, they have sort of good lighting. It could be improved, but there's like a good temperature there's a good smell it's clean and i know that they are really really educated and they really know what they are doing and i think that uh, this is like it's and it's like for me it's like coming into a space and having like a treatment it's like similar when i think about like when we had our um, photography session that it was like being being together with you i exactly know what you're doing and i felt very taken care of that it is like a little like almost like a treatment like I, I just think about a lot about like the moment in in place and the moment in time and mm, mm. there is so much about photography that's ca that captures this yeah I feel like um when I return back to the time where we were walking around New York taking photos of you for various things um that was that, that what that reminds me of tinder is... we can say it oh <laughs> <laughs> It's a long time ago. I'm taken. Oh, what, a, what an avenue. <laughs> um, yeah, it was an interesting... Or other dating type. apps. Yeah, yeah. It was an interesting type of... I looked awesome. Like, like cap capturing that type And now of... I'm married, actually. And this is the fact that... See, like... Good photographs. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just like advertising Tinder here. And marriage. Um, okay, so... Yeah, I think the thing is like being a photographer in this kind in this space where you walk around with someone, you're trying to get their portrait, trying to find the, the right space and the right time. It's like I'm the keeper of motion in a way. Like as we move through the space, I have to I have to be on top of what is changing. Like I have to I'm seeing that things are changing so rapidly. I have to move my body up and down, sideways, this way. Hey, you go this way, I'm gonna go this way. Like like you're completely on. And after every time I do a shoot, I'm super exhausted. Like there's so much calculation going on. And then like not even just the calculation, like also thinking about the comfortability of the sitter and like sometimes realizing that I've fallen away deep into the the technicality or trying to get the image that I'm like, oh, man, I haven't been sycophantic for a while. Oh, you look beautiful. You look really great, you know. <laughs> and having to remember that I have to, like, because obviously I do think the person is beautiful. And, and great. now we can we can say that that's, of course, very poetic, but, like, you can, I, you can basically say I can, I'm as a photographer, I see the light within the other person and I just need to bring it up to shine. 
what is I think, of course, it's like it's a it's a beautiful metaphor, but that's what lighting is, is about, yeah. right? That what what we can say. I think it's so interesting that capture like m like movement in space and taking capturing one specific moment in time and putting it on photo and and trying to capture as m as much energy and feeling of a space in a f photograph is like so much about and now we can make the connection to how you started is like actually that it is actually like sort of a dance that that you and the the subject is sort of co you you just tried to 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 direct the dance between you and and the person that you try to photograph and that's of course that's why it's so exhausting because you are the leading dancer the lead dancer what is and the other person needs to like trust you that you know where to lead and the other person then sort of follows the flow does does it sound right and, and, uh, yeah and and also like in that way of if we think about the outcome of the photograph and m taking the photograph together is the process i can see i have the power i can see what's going on like i have like various points of control you know but but as the sitter you can't see so you're just like locked inside yourself or watching me trying to see what i can see so there's a, this imaginary space that you kind of fall into and you know we're always kind of folding in on ourselves trying to understand who we are and then when you're reflected through this other person and through this lens it can be a little bit like what like intimidating kind of yeah. you like i yeah it's intimidating like i don't know who i am and like when i stand in front of a camera i i, I oh gosh like i i do enjoy it but um, <laughs> i still feel funny in my body you know because mm. it's um it's about how we map map ourselves in our minds like people that are used to being in front of a camera they have had practice and they know how to map themselves yeah, so, yeah. i think it's very interesting about the um like the perception of beauty and how we see each other in the world and how we see ourselves and how we mm. and how we want to be seen and how we potentially i don't know want to be portrayed um that's That's why I think the feeling in a space is so super important because the more you feel and the better you are connected with yourself as a human being, the better you are able to sort of push away the expectations and judgment and like so many things that come from the outside and, and bounce on you. Um, what I think is very interesting. And yeah, yeah I was it, just going to mm -hmm. uh, touch on this thing about feeling content. Um, I was listening to one of your previous podcasts and just that the sensitivity that people have to light and and not even just light but just having sensitivity and what that means and how it's it's kind of got this bad rap in the world oh that person's too sensitive like somebody wrote something about me and said that Devika is sensitive and I was like sensitive excuse me I'm not sensitive and then I was like oh no I I have sensitivity I am not sensitive you know like there are these two ways of being right. so what I what I want to get to is um uh being you keep touching on this idea that people are not aware of lighting and how it affects our right. state of being and right. how we are um which I totally agree with like we some some of us are just not open to seeing these things 
old, you know, like their pores aren't ready. Um, but going back to contentment, there's a writer in Melbourne called Robert Nelson, and he talks about furniture and design and how the design of a chair, for example, has a lot to do with contentment. And if you feel content, you're less agitated. You're less willing to, to leave, to find something in the larger system of consumption. That This is a really interesting relationship between being content and capitalism, I guess. But, but this thing of lighting and spaces making you feel at ease where you don't feel like you need to run away or move quickly. You know, and like, and that relating back to, um, yeah, ideas of of beauty and comfort. Well, I think okay, okay, there are there is just so much I, I to 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 touch base on. So, for example, so I think it's an amazing. It's a yeah, you're absolutely right that being sensitive is something different than you're a sensitive person. Well, I think it. I don't see it in a negative in a negative view. I think being sensitive is something very, very awesome because you are just sensitive of picking up things that other people would not pick up. So this can be positive, and it also can hinder you um, in the same way that you are able to see and feel things other people don't see. What is a great quality at the same time? Sometimes when you want to make a decision and you consider so many things that you end up not making the decision, it of course can hinder you. But this is a very nice mm. segue because coming to a chair and comfort and beauty in life. And now we are, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring a lot of things in like one sentence or in one, one thought is that sitting in a chair and feeling safe and secure and, and comfortable is like something very, very great because you are sort of protected and you can like lounge and sit back. But at the same time, there are a lot of um, technology companies that build furniture in their offices that is intentionally uncomfortable, that they actually don't get comfortable and they sort of need to stand up at a certain point to get moving. So that there's like, again, something about movement in space and time. I think that's, um, mm. that's a very, that's a very, um, yeah, it's a very beautiful way to describe it. And that, and, this, and then at the same time, beauty in itself is like uh, something, it's like something fleeting as well. Right. Beauty is like yeah, so yeah. moving and, and beauty is like, like, what you said is like you create a magic moment or you try to, there's like a magic moment happening between you and the other person because it's like a connection that only happens in one moment of time. And then at the same time, beauty is like something, of course, that comes like from the inner peace and how you feel about yourself and how you see something is happening and coming together. And like, like n everything that's static in itself is just very boring. Like if we don't progress as human beings, if we don't develop, if we are not challenged, then there is nothing beautiful about it. Um, so I think it's a it's an amazing point that we came onto in in this conversation so far is that beauty is always in motion. That's that's I think it's very that's pretty amazing. Mm, mm, I really like that. It, it definitely is, and this is the contradiction of. Um what a photograph is and how a photo, how we read what a photograph can give us because there's this thing going back to the power and what does it mean to take a photograph? Like 
I know that I like to take photographs of things that are beautiful. Like they, it used to be the thing of like, oh my God, this light is stunning. It's doing something to me. I need to own it. I need to have it. It mm. needs to be mine. Mm. And photography kind of lends itself to this idea of permanence and ownership um, through like the capturing of photons. Um, but it's, it's all a lie. Like everything is just moving and changing all the time. Um, I, I really like that about, yeah, photography is a, a medium that is there's a, 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 a lot of foolery. Yeah, but at the same, how it is, yeah, and again, how it is perceived, but at the same time, how exactly about the full green mystery and like having, trying to capture a moment and make it yours, but at the same time, mm. in itself, the moment is already gone. So it's like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's like whole, the whole spiel about it's like, it's, it's just a very, very beautiful, um, just a very beautiful thing. Um, I think that that's why photography is still, Even though there are, it's it's still and probably on the peak of the 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 history. Like how many photographs are taken? It's on the peak of its like, um, yeah, yeah, moment. Definitely, there's going to be more photographs than there are time. I don't know what that means. No, that's it's. <laughs> But that's like the fun thing about it, right? Like what? Yeah, what what's the relationship between photography and time? And like when, when you think about looking looking at an image in your hand, it's kind of like this double exposure, right? Because at some point you're you're looking at a time frame through the time frame of your own perception. Yeah. With this light that is in this context right now through this window into another light that once was and is kind of changing its um yeah, it's very strange. And then there are so many photographs that it's interesting that you say there's 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 more time captured than actually people are able to look at it. Like mm. there are so many photographs. Mm. Who 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 was who was able to look at all the pictures taken? Um, yeah. What is I think very interesting <laughs> because there was like when we had like a what was it called like a negative uh, projector. What are they? What mm -hmm. are these called? When you is it well, is it called like a negative projector? When you have a projector, like a, sli a slide projector. Maybe? Yeah, a slide projector, exactly. So yeah. that was like yeah. my dad. He took like so many photographs, um, all before any digital photographs were taken. And we would actually like it was like a, it was like a happening when we would turn on the the slide mm -hmm. projector and you would like the smell of the old machine and you would roll up like a like a projection screen in our basement and we would go through when like they were like during the 60s and 70s and 80s and like all the all the yeah. man beards and like everyone <laughs> was smoking everyone was wearing these fancy large glasses and crazy yeah so what this reminds me of is like ritual and and the ritual of viewing and how that has kind of disappeared i mean we still have galleries that exhibit images but people's attention is just diminished you know it's very very small um but this thing of like coming together around still images and 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 moments in time and reflection you know spending an hour or whatever reflecting together looking well, at yourself <laughs> and then and then and this is again something that did not like sort of die or that did not um 
was not diluted the importance of stories because what mm. actually is again and still important today is like how do we what is the story behind a photograph it's like mm -hmm. uh, there is like it's like a political point or is there uh, is there is there um, like a whole concept behind like there can be one amazing photograph but at the same time if it is like a serious then it sort of makes sense so for example when we would sit together in the basement like the the whole like the whole i don't know like 30 or 60 photographs that we actually looked at it was not that much but not many pictures but the the whole thing was so amazing because it was like every picture led to a new story like my dad would be able to talk about for like five minutes per photograph and boom we had like 300 hours uh, 300 minutes um of storytelling by like 60 um like 60 photographs mm. let us um let us move on a little bit so what I think is so interesting about this this conversation is how how can listeners take something away from like this moment in time? Something that I had another thought that I had while we were talking about people being afraid of technology and like having these big cameras with big lenses um, in front is something very interesting that I think a lot of people have a good sensitivity how they feel in a space. I mean, everyone does, like, right? I, how when I enter the space to a dentist or when I enter a restroom at an airport, how do I feel? What is what is happening there? So uh, I think people in general have a very, very good sense that they judge and are able to feel and reflect how, this how they react and interact with the space. And of course, lighting. But at the same time, they are just afraid of like the technology not knowing how to do what it does and of course this is like our expertise as lighting designers to then guide them through i'm this is just i i don't have necessarily a point here it's much more the consideration of trust and how you communicate with your clients and how you are able to build this connection because so many people and and it's again about this magic connection so many people have no idea what the impact of a lighting designer potentially actually is unless they are like people who have worked with a lot of uh, lighting designers mm. but it's about the initial connection between people the the lighting designer and the client that the client feels understood and has in the end a space that reflects a feeling he or she has with the lighting designer or drawings or renderings right so mm -hmm. i think that's a very very interesting part yeah, I, with with the communication between another individual or company and myself, uh, it's definitely they have to know how I am and how I like to work as well. And a lot of the way I like to work is, I mean, spontaneously is the word, but it's it's also like it's improvised in a way. You know, like I'll come on site and I will investigate the site and we will work from the space that is available. And and I really love that challenge. I love just dropping in on a space. I mean, like what works here? What doesn't work here? What are the limitations? Like that's that's just problem solving and I enjoy it so much. Um, and with like clients that I've had over years, um, Obviously, when it works once and they're happy with the outcome, they're they're like, yeah, let's do that again. That was awesome. Um, but that that's the way I really enjoy 
um, that's how I love taking photos is like just dropping in on a space. It doesn't matter what it is or where it is and making it work in this two dimensional medium. That's amazing. I think that's the, that's the beauty of like being so hands on and like being, mm -hmm. I don't want to say quick and dirty, but being like going like you need to be incredible fast to capture something that is supposed to be there for a long time. Mm, yeah, definitely. And that's like, that's the stress with like wedding photography. That's like, oh my God, this is supposed to be like the wedding's supposed to be mm -hmm. forever. And then the wedding is forever through like the <laughs> photographs, you know, you're like, oh my God, there's so much stress. But I want to come back and say um, this thing about what is, yes. And what is really important is just knowing that I, a photograph isn't just me. This is a part of like entanglement. This is a part of like the mesh that we live in. You know, we're all interconnected. I, I can't take responsibility for the bad weather. I can't take responsibility for that architect Arch making this, or, this, this yeah. like doorway, the arts, arts like this and the light comes in this way or, you know, or where our timelines meet so we can have this photo shoot, but the sun's here. Like it, there are so many variables that take place that, you know, make it fun, but also alleviate me and you, anyone who's taking a photograph to, to realize that it's not you. It's, it's the togetherness. It's the synergy. I love it so much. <laughs> I think absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about weddings as well because like but, maybe uh, not because yeah. it's, it's very interesting because like weddings mm. are supposed to be like many people coming together and it's about celebrating like one couple but in the end it's like the one couple is like the one that have or the couple is the the ones that have ha actually have the most stress and it's actually more about the people that are coming together but i i completely agree it's about coming together of mm. people um i it's like i think the the question of time and speed and how things come together and how permanent and how fleeting things are is i think something very very uh, interesting from mm, mm. A, a, a photograph photo, photography perspective but also in then a lighting design perspective so I, how lighting designers can actually learn from people how to how to speed up people or how how to make people move with lighting in a space or how to slow them down um mm, i think mm. something yeah, yeah very i so just taking again the Like the, one of the examples is um, the Aesop stores that they have, of course, from Australia, all mm. across, all, <laughs> all across the world. I think something <laughs> that is very, yeah, your skin looks marvelous. I'm wearing marvelous. some. I'm wearing some. Um, yeah. I think very interesting. <laughs> once you enter a space, at least the ones um, I, I recall the strongest here in New York, is that you enter the space and, of course, by the music, maybe by the smell, by the moment of water you have in the space. And of course, and also how the people are talking to you. It's like you're immediately slowed down. So, and they touch you. They touch you too. So it's like multi-sensorial for sure. Um, I had to for for documentation purpose. I had to, um, I had to give up my fingerprints. Um, for 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 process here in the U.S. and um, that was very interesting as well because the person who took the fi the the fingerprints. Was it was like a fairly technical bureaucratic um, thing, but once she actually grabbed my hand and was like pulling my finger over and turning it, it it was it became like in this moment just very very personal. What I didn't mind 
it was it was the the interaction before had been had been quite nice but it's very interesting how you do you touch do you do you do you touch people <laughs> what a random question but do you touch people <laughs> when you photograph them do you do you feel like you built a better connection when you when you actually touch them mm, i i don't usually touch people um but i mean yeah I touch their souls. Um, no, I don't. It, it, the Actually, I feel a very strong barrier between our bodies. And if I'm mm. going to approach someone, I will be like, excuse me, I'm just going to come and move this thing here, like on your hair. Oh, or like, wow. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm just going to move. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of dialogue mm -hmm. happens when when I'm moving someone for mm. the image or like doing a little bit of styling. Um, but, you know, that depends on... Yeah, how time goes, but I, yeah, I will always have a have a conversation about that because that's that's personal space, and then that goes into like things of yeah. What is what is so interesting? Sorry, say it again. Yeah. Oh, it's about comfort. Exactly. Yeah. You just don't you just don't know really people's um, yeah the the boundaries of their their body. So. What is so interesting that um, that what, what word did you just use? Uh, uh, comfort and. I think com exactly comfort. I think comfort is so so important. What we try to create. I'm just I'm just making the parallel here between like the phot photographer and the lighting designer because I think mm. there's a lot to draw from each other. Is that yeah that the 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 ultimate goal of a lighting designer is to create comfort. I mean, of course, visual comfort by itself, but also that the person feels the most comfortable comfortable in a space within all its abilities and i think that's very that's something very amazing that you of course be very respectful mm. how you enter like personal space but at the same time you are trying to capture something very emotional at the same time what is i think very very interesting i think the central Uh, the the the, sen the sensual experience at like an Aesop store or I, I think I want to call them out here because they are just doing something so much more considerate than other um, um, or beauty products or hygiene product manufacturers are doing is that this oh. is like all being considered of like material sound like addressing mm -hmm. all the senses mm -hmm. and I, you are absolutely right that the space needs to be needs to be designed in a way that it allows the person to feel protected in a way once the person enters the space that yeah like the 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 person behind the counter is able to wash your hands and to to show samples on your hand and um mm. so i should wash I, people's was... hands <laughs> no i was like no. and I'll douse, I'll douse myself in perfume and I'll have like little, little <laughs> almonds and nuts in my pocket so they can have a snack. And like, I, yeah, that's a really great idea. I love it. Okay. <laughs> But in saying that too, like when, when you take portraits in whatever, like the environment can present you with like edges that you don't want or, you know, things of discomfort or ugliness in inverted commas, you know, and, and the trick for me is to then like either go with that and with, with the, with the person um, or, 
or find a way around it to create some sort of harmony. But, you know, people bring so much to an image. They just bring so much. And, and this is another really important connection between lighting design and photography and life in general is that um, people bring meaning. People bring their own perception and people bring their own stories to spaces and images. And, and that, that, way of being in a space and remembering that there is this um interpersonal relationship between the the self and the space or the self and the object or the the self and the interaction like when when someone looks at a piece of art they're not just looking at the piece of art they're looking at how they are looking at the piece of art let mm -hmm, us make mm -hmm. a little bit a small transition from your photography background to projects that you're working on right now so so right now i'm just about to launch an arts collective with nithya Aya and luna Mrojic gola they're my very close friends and we are called landless and the a is with an ampersand and we're an interdisciplinary collective asking critical questions of what it means to be human in in this time of the anthropocene and trying to decentralize what it means to be human and, and ask these questions of who we are and what all this is really, the chaos, all the chaos. And so we are at the moment creating a show, an installation, a durational installation that is called Home and it's taking place in the Mapping Melbourne Festival on December the 2nd. It's a four-hour durational piece that is um, an immersive installation of our bodies in space within a sonic environment that where we will be sharing the stories that people of Melbourne have shared with us about a memory or a location in the world that they carry within their bodies that has affected who they are and how they are in the world. So through collecting these stories of people, we will be um, We'll be using like poetics and relational choreography and live and embodied art interactions to draw all these stories together, which are personal, but then also touch on uh, global, global narratives of the Anthropocene, you know, the climate and, and, and the world and refugees and migration um, to, to make a space that um, kind of disrupts and dislodges and un unpacks the conflicted and the the paradoxical relationship between identity, place, and belonging. Um, uh, for me, in the conversation that we have had so far, it came very strong across that one of the core interests is like f how we feel, how we are connected to space, the environment, the world, and how we act and react in the environment, right? Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's very interesting that um, like how you were sort of capturing at the beginning of our conversation, how you were sort of capturing um, like a moment and trying to concise and bring everything, funnel everything together in like one image and cap capture everything. And now it seems like, is it right that now you're sort of trying to unfold everything and make it accessible and actually into an experience? How is this? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, since making Polaroids with, Uh, found objects like I've always been interested in pushing photography beyond its two-dimensional um, objectness um, I've 
I like back in the day I was making um T t taking imagery and making objects out of them. And I'm, and I'm always pushing the relationship of photography or image making mm -hmm. with the body uh, because I have a history in, um, in dance training as well. So this kind of work, it, it allows me, like in, in making a space, we have to consider how it is lit as well and how people are going to be and feel in the space. So for this project, I'm, I'm again working with projections and projecting light and image making. Um, so, you know, in, in making this project, I am trying to consider and map out how the lighting, which is going to be sourced by projectors, is going to create a space for people to feel as if they are in, you know, that they are in a memory in a well, feeling yeah. like that. It's basically, you know, basically like, like, like having mm, like a smell yeah. that reminds you of a very specific moment in time of like a lover or whatever another person exactly. trying to use light mm -hmm. to create an experience where people recall memory. Wow, that's it. Sounds very big. Sounds yeah. um, challenging, probably. It's yeah, it, it, like we're just we're still working through it, and it is very challenging because it's it's not tradition, it's not mm. theatre, you know. Like it, it's this space that is um, with like performance art, mm. embodied movement, um, a, a little like a little bit of like dance, but like also abstraction and and recitation. Like we'll be telling people stories. Um, And, you know, it's also very fragmented. We're wanting to keep it fragmented because that's that's kind of how, like, our brain works. But then there's this other overlayer, overlaying feature called meaning-making, you know, like, and how do we make meaning? And, and, and in, yeah, I'm going to stop there. How do we make meaning? Just cut it. Okay. <laughs> Devika, thank you so much. That was an amazing yes. conversation. And it, like every conversation, like every conversation I have more and more is just um, showing what kind of an importance and what kind of importance feelings actually have and how we react and how we as creators sort of raise questions to find like a, like a direction. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. Everyone, everyone let us, um, when is the, when is, so the home is uh, going to be displayed and exhibited at uh, Mapping Melbourne. Can you re repeat the, the date again that whoever is in Australia on the east, south, east coast and is going to Mapping Melbourne to Melbourne that everyone knows it. When is it happening again? Mm -hmm. So it's on the 2nd of December, Sunday, the 2nd of December from 4 till 8 p.m. at the Blender Project Space in the Docklands. Yes, please come. It's 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 an in and out kind of thing. You can come and stay as long as you want. Wow, um, it sounds pretty soon. So you yes. you have like you have like no <laughs> no pressure, but only only <laughs> under pressure Stop. diamonds Stop. are yeah. created. Um uh, Devika, yeah, where can yeah, people reach you? Where can people see you? things you have done um how to contact you mm -hmm. my phone number is zero four two one oh god okay so my name is devica billymoria.com you can find me on the internet somewhere i do have an instagram thank you <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so official. <laughs> Sounds very amazing. Devika, thank you so much for the conversation. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much. And that was the conversation I had with Devika Billimoria. I think it's always a pleasure to be with Devika, work with her, and even just to have a conversation with her can be absolutely delightful. If you want to say hi to her, see what kind of amazing work she's doing, check out her work on her website, devikabillimoria.com. I will put the link in the show notes, as well as her handle in or on Instagram where you can see the latest and greatest as well. Everyone check, should check out um, Mapping Melbourne um, happening. I will put the link in the description as well and say hi to her. I'm sure the experience meeting Devika will be delightful as it can get. If you want to say hi to me, check out my Instagram. Say hi, shoot a question under Thomas underscore Mnich. And otherwise, I speak to you next week with another amazing conversation with an amazing creative person. Very excited. Enjoy. Enjoy.